Bonjour, Marvel Universe and listeners. Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode 42. This is your official podcast for all things Marvel, whether it's comics, movies, TV, clothes, toys, bath and body odor products, everything. I am Marvel.com associate editor Ben Morse, not joined by Marvel.com digital department executive editorial editor, senior VP, Ryan Panagos, because he is on location in the former penal colony of Australia, where he is on the set of The Wolverine, meeting Hugh Jackman, hanging out, going through the outback and stuff, so he'll have some cool stories. Fortunately, I do have with me the goose to my maverick. Blake Garris, hello everyone. What's your official title, (laughs) Creepy Blake? I'm associate producer. Yeah, welcome back to the show. The video guys told me that, like Truman Capote. Yeah? On the podcast. What's one of the two rules you have to live your life by? Do whatever the video guys say. What's the opposite of that? Never listen to the video guys. Oh, you're right. Yeah, always get those confused. It's very tough. We have other people here. We do. We have an intern dream team, if you will. We have, first of all, finishing up with us. It's your second to last day. We have Rachel Pittman. Rachel? Hey. It's been a little while. You haven't been on podcast in a while. No, I've missed it. You remember how to do this? Well, my memory is terribly rusty, but I think I'll see if I can cope. I like your dramatic flourishes there with your hands, which no one can see because mm-hmm. we're on a podcast, but I appreciated them. Okay. Uh, also joining us, as always, Killer Kristen Maldonado. Kristen. I like that. What? Killer Kristen. It's, it's, killer it's fitting. It is fitting. It is very fitting. Mm-hmm. You've got a killer instinct. All right, before we get too far off the beaten path here, on This Week in Marvel, as I said, we cover everything that's going on, we give you the latest news, we tell you what's coming out in print, in digital, how you can get all this stuff, we give you quick mm-hmm. reviews, and we also answer all of your questions. If you want to ask us questions or make comments on the podcast, you can do so using Twitter. Use the hashtag This Week in Marvel, all one word. You can also contact me, at Ben J. Morse. You can contact Ryan, at Agent underscore M. Contact Blake, at Blake Garris. Mark Strom, who's also a part of the podcast, can be reached at Stromy, but if you just use that hashtag, we'll get to it. We're going to dive right into things, talk about the comics on sale this week, and for a change of pace, we're going to go over to Kristen, who's going to start us off. Ooh, yeah. All right, so the first book we have is The Amazing Spider-Man, number 691, written by Dan Slott, with pencils by Giuseppe Camincoli and Mario Del Panino. And this book is the final chapter of No Turning Back with the Lizard. So, basically, everyone else has turned into lizards in the area. Everyone's kind of afraid of them, but it turns out that lizards are actually really nice. Yeah. So... Who knew? Yeah, who knew? Who knew? And it turns out that actually all of the problems that have been going on with Kurt Connors, the lizard, has actually been going on within himself, and it wasn't really the lizard persona that was making him an angry person and, you know, going after Spider-Man. It was kind of his own personality that was doing that. The last we left him, he was back to his normal self, but in this book, he injects himself again and turns back into the lizard, but it's more of a, more of an intense lizard, so he looks a little bit different. He's going crazy, but at the same time, he's having a lot of problems with reality, where he keeps seeing his wife and his son in the place of people that he's going to hurt, so it kind of stops him. And this is how we find out that it's really himself that is dealing with problems, not himself as the lizard. Don't spoil how the book ends. So I don't want to spoil. Yeah, I yeah, don't want to spoil, spoil how the book ends. But there's a good fight. But there's a good fight, and you'll just have to pick it up and see, you know, what happens if the lizard stays himself. He turns back into Kurt Connors. Yeah. 
Nice job, Kristen Maldonado. Let's give her a hand. Thank First you. time doing that. Very good work. All right, we're going to keep on trucking with Avengers number 29 by Brian Michael Bendis and Walt Simonson. This is another ABX crossover. This tells the flip side of the story from Wolverine and the X-Men number 12, where Wolverine and the Avengers lured Rachel Summers and the X-Men into a trap. Seemingly, Hope convinced Rachel Summers to kind of let her go and to potentially turn to a different side of the conflict. Here we find out there was more than meets the eye that was going on. First of all, Professor X was involved, so we get a big check-in on Professor X, Charles Xavier, and his view on Avengers vs. X-Men here. We also get a look inside the Avengers strategy. In particular, Spider-Woman contributes some cool thoughts. But, you know, the cool thing for me here is we get to see the Avengers versus the X-Men as drawn by Walt Simonson, which is always just a treat. We've gotten to see Walt Simonson all through this arc. He's drawn some crazy things, some adventures in space, Red Hulk siege on Utopia. But this is his first chance to really cut loose and draw the Avengers versus the X-Men all-out action. So it's a really cool issue in terms of character, if you want to find out more about Professor X, but also if you just want to enjoy some great art, some great fighting, courtesy of Walter Simonson and, of course, Brian Michael Bendis as well. We have Avengers Academy, number 35, written by Christos Gage, art by Andrea DeVito. i got to be honest, I have not been keeping up with Avengers Academy, but this book is really touching. I felt a tinge in my cold heart for this. Hazmat and Metal are in love. They take this... I guess potion to lose their powers so they can, you know, embrace like lovers do. Don't get too into detail. This the, is a PG thirteen. They just hug and hold hands. They can't do that when they have their powers. So I don't want to like spoil anything, but there's. You, they, just, you just did spoil the biggest thing in the entire issue. That's not a spoiler. You, you don't want to spoil anything. You just spoiled the big plot twist of the second half of the issue. Well, read it and you'll still love it. Kristen, when you're editing that, just beep out what he said. A long beep. But keep in my reaction, my angry reaction. <laughs> He's crazy. But it's really a story of two people who, like, they love each other, but there's bigger things involved than their relationship. There's saving lives, and that's all I really can say about this. It makes me want to read Avengers Academy now, and I will. Now, more for me. ABX... Round 10, written by Ed Brubaker, art by Adam Kubert. First off, I have to say, this is the greatest panel I have ever seen in a comic book in my entire life. Really? I'm going to find it and people can't see it. That. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I that's looked at when awesome. I saw this. It's the debut of the Chaos Fist. I mean, you got to pick this up just for this one panel. It's a new technique slash weapon that Hope learns to use. Hope gains the powers of a special beast. Not really beast. Yeah, but no, a creature. A creature. and Going after Cyclops, because Cyclops has come to Kunlun, and he is going after Hope. You get In this book, you get battles with Cyclops versus Iron Man versus Iron Fist versus Scarlet Witch, but ultimately Hope and some very unexpected allies are the ones who have to go up against Phoenix-powered Cyclops to try to repel him. Yeah, Emma Frost is kind of losing her mind. She's taking her powers to a whole new level. Cyclops has been doing this. He still continues to. But yeah, I mean, like you said, Hope is turning the tables on Emma Frost and Cyclops, and I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. Yeah, some great so. art in this issue. Adam Kubert really turns it on. The fights are amazing, which, of course, you know, that's above the marquee on Avengers vs. X-Men. Like you said, Hope, the tricks she busts out are pretty rad. And mm -hmm. we're rounding the corner. We're almost at the end of AVX, and what's really impressive about it is it's not letting up. 
action is still fast, furious, hot, heavy. I already said fast and furious, but it's crazy. <laughs> Things are going nuts in AVX. Over in Captain Marvel number two, Carol Danvers is continuing to try to honor the legacy of her recently deceased mentor who tried to break the record of flying as high as she possibly could and her record was denied to her by as carol calls her general jackass so carol is going to go up in her plane and she's going to fly higher than anyone's ever flown in a plane she's going to honor her mentor it doesn't go exactly according to plan and in the process she ends up back in time having a crazy time travel adventure with some female commandos from a very significant period in our history but the cool thing for me the draw for me here is the way kelly sue deconic writes carol danvers she's different not only from any female hero in the marvel universe because that's easy to say but from any hero in the marvel universe just the way she's kind of like full ahead all business i have no time to talk to anybody i have no time to sort things out i just need to get things done she's very brassy i believe that is that's the term you use down in your neck of the woods that's true yeah she's a brassy lady and i think she's pretty cool Ryan's a big fan of this character. I always thought Miss Marvel was cool, but I'm really starting to turn on Captain Marvel and why she is so cool. And Dexter Soy's art looks different than anything else we got out there. So Captain Marvel number two. Still time to get in on the ground floor of that one. Very special issue of Daredevil. Daredevil number 17, written by Mark Wade, drawn by the legendary Michael Allred, colored by his wife, Laura Allred. I had the pleasure of meeting them out in San Diego. They were super cool people, but... Oh, man, they're such brilliant artists, and they're so perfect for Daredevil because they're just so quirky, but they're, they're so great at conveying all this weirdness that's going on. And in the perfect way, they do a flashback tale here. Mark Wade talks about, back in the day, a big event that kind of forged the relationship between Matt Murdock and Foggy Nelson. First of all, Daredevil has to fight Stiltman, who if you've ever thought, oh, Stiltman, he's a joke. Mark Wade kind of writes it like, yeah, Stiltman, he's kind of a joke. Oh, wait, he's actually terrifying. It's conveyed both through Mark's writing and through Mike Allred's art. And that's cool. The fight's cool. But really, because in the present day, Foggy and Matt are having this huge rift over some stuff that's been going on in the book recently, taking this peek back at a simpler time, but when they were at each other's throats for a different reason, and finding out why they are such incredible friends, it's really it's awesome. It's a really crucial chapter in their history. But man, just going back to the art for a sec... You know, we've gotten so used to great art on Daredevil, whether it's Paula Rivera, Marcos Martin, Chris Somney, everyone else who's been involved. Mike Allred is, you know, right in that field of being a great artist, but he's so different from any of these other guys. The way he conveys Daredevil and the beautiful colors his wife provides. Just flying around New York, it's like, it's this cool, kind of almost like art house style from the 60s or 70s, but done up modern with all the technology at the expense and seeing him fight Stiltman I mean Stiltman's kind of an intrinsically kooky character but watching Daredevil try to take on this guy who's like 30 stories up and how do you do that how do you keep up there and the things that Stiltman does is a great issue it's a fun issue it's an emotional issue it's a beautiful issue doesn't get much better than Daredevil number 17. Over in Dark Avengers, number 179, we've got it written by Jeff Parker. Art split between Gabriel Hernandez-Walta and Kev Walker. On one end, we've got the Dark Avengers in the present, battling Sultan Magus and some big developments for Scar, as well as what's going on with different characters in the Dark Avengers. In particular, I'm very intrigued by what's going on with Ragnarok. Meanwhile, the Thunderbolts are caught in an apocalyptic future where 
Boss Cage, the future version of Luke Cage, is kind of trying to nuke them. So, I mean, that's not cool, and they're trying to run away from that. They're trying to get home. There's a lot of stuff going on in the Dark Avengers. Jeff Parker continues to balance all these plates at the same time, keep them all spinning in the air, you know, when someone puts plates on their fingers or their, their sticks or whatever. You know what I'm talking about, Chris. You do it. So, you know, a lot of stuff going on in Dark Avengers, and the action continues to heat up there. And we've also got Dark Tower, The Gunslinger, The Man in Black, number three, written by Peter David and Robin Firth, art by the great Alex Maleev, continuing original stories from The Dark Tower. Deadpool number 59 is next. This is Deadpool fighting Black Tom Cassidy, who has the power to shoot energy blasts from wooden... I thought he could just shoot energy blasts from his own wooden stick, but he can shoot blasts from any wood. It's true. And it's a very potent power because there's wood everywhere. There is wood everywhere. There is wood everywhere. Right here, look. I got a wooden clip. I could kill you right now if, if I was you were, Tom Cassidy. Exactly. Well, Deadpool is driving a car. He doesn't have a license. So a cop stops him because he drives fast because he's a reckless person. And he doesn't have his powers anymore, obviously. And he basically tells the cop, hey, I have weapons in here because he doesn't care. And then he's the, in Texas. He, and he's in Texas. And I just love when comic books talk like I talk, but on paper. Right. I can't tell you how great that is. But so the cops surround him. And the, actually, Black Tom Cassidy gets him out of the situation so he can fight him because he wants to take on Deadpool. The greatest thing, though, is even though Deadpool doesn't have his powers, he still has his wit and his panache, if you will. Whoa. And he basically holds off the fight until he gets to eat a burrito that he's trying to make in a microwave. We can all relate to that. Yes. And there's just an all-out brawl. And I'm excited to see what's next with this. The rivalry between Deadpool and Black Tom Cassidy goes back to the 90s. Back in the Deadpool Circle Chase limited series. Oh. Which I'm sure you can find somewhere digitally or in collection. That was a big part of a uh, big part of my childhood. That's nice. Yeah, you know, it's just like a tender moment. <laughs> slid in there. Next, we have Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, written by Cullen Bunn, art by Dalibor Talajik. What issue is it? Number three. Did I not say that? No, that's well, why I asked you. I'm prompting with questions. I'm not gonna say what issue it is, even though we just did, right. because you need to read every issue of this a lot. Because this is one of my new favorite comic books. It is so dark, and it will just rock your world. The way he, uh, in this issue we were talking about, he kills the X-Men. And the way he kills Cyclops is scary, and you don't know, like, how are you going to kill Cyclops like that? Well, he does, and it is bleak and masterful. In all honesty, I'm ahead one issue, and it is awesome as well. So, read this comic book, we should everyone. We should clarify, Deadpool Kills Marvel Universe does not take place in the actual Marvel Universe. It's a what if. So, you can read it with all the freedom of knowing, hey, your favorite characters aren't really dying, but this is what might happen if Deadpool decided to kill all of them. So, it's a guilt-free read. And I have to say, since I do the all-ages thing, this isn't in that. Yeah, no, this is not appropriate for kids. Yes. This would not be in Blake's all-ages corner. It would be if I felt comfortable doing that. But I don't. It would be incredibly inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Over in Hulk number 56, we've got part four of Mayan rule. The Mayan gods are running rampant on Earth. They've been using Hulks to 
regenerate their life force. But as we learn in this issue, it might not exactly be the Mayan gods. We get the secret origin of the supposed Mayan gods. We get Red Hulk and Machine Man in a pretty dire situation and how they use their limited resources to get out of that. We've got their allies regrouping. It's all written by Jeff Parker, but man, I love the art by Dale Eaglesham and the beautiful colors by Val Staples. Now, I am colorblind. I cannot see some colors or I get them confused. So a really, really good coloring job stands out to me. In a book like Hulk, I can really notice the stark contrast between the colors. So that's really impressive to me. But I'm really enjoying this Mayan rule arc. Jeff Parker has really raised the stakes, raised the game, made everything very dangerous and very action-packed, but there's also still a lighthearted element and character elements as well. So pick it up for the beautiful art and stick around for the awesome story as well. Next we have New Mutants number 47, written by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, art by Felix Ruiz. And I'm going to tell you why I like this book, because I don't care, and I'm going to say that. The cool thing about this, they start out and they're having a good time. They're eating dinner together. All the New Mutants are there, enjoying themselves, and then things change, and things get bad, and they kind of break apart in this sect of they start talking about why Wolverine and Cyclops broke apart, and they kind of, how do you say, I don't know what I'm talking about. I never know what you're talking about, but so now you're on the same page as me. You, Well, it's weird. This is where I live, man. Anyways, so, I mean, you kind of get these two sects forming between, you know, a Cyclops, wide Cyclops leave, wide Wolverine start his Jean Grey school, things like that. I thought that was really cool. I was digging that. And then... They go to this like rundown mansion to look for Doctor Strange, and he's fallen on hard times, and he drinks a lot. Yeah. And something's up with the universe. This isn't really these aren't really the characters we're familiar with. Something is off as a result of the time travel shenanigans from issues past. Yeah, MySpace is more famous than Facebook. Yeah, that's crazy. And I mean, even though, regardless, they kind of help Doctor Strange get out of his problems. They kind of give him something to believe in again. Hey, a shout out to the art. Felix Ruiz has a very old school New Mutants vibe. New Mutants has always been a book that has very quirky art, dating all the way back to Bill Sienkiewicz. Uh, Felix Ruiz is not an artist I'm familiar with, but I'm going to be looking out for him in the future because he did a great job on this issue. Over in Sensational Spider-Man number 33.2, we are continuing to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Spider-Man with the second part of this two-part tale by writer Tom DeFalco and artist Carlo Barberi, featuring the new Vulture, who has since moved on, passed on, thanks to the Punisher. But we get a cool tale here about him, about Carly Cooper, focusing on the heroes and villains in Spider-Man's life, getting more insight into him. Great standalone, fun time story. In Uncanny X-Force number 29, written by Rick Remender and art by Julian Totino Tedesco, colors by Dean White. The final execution continues. We've got members of X-Force stranded in a future where they've basically created a totalitarian dictatorship where X-Force rules. They take out anyone who's even thinking of committing a crime. The modern day X-Force is not sure how to react to this. This is a good thing. This is a bad thing. Psylocke has decided it is not a good thing and she attempts to kill herself. So this is about members of both the present and future X-Force trying to save Psylocke's life and what's going on with Psylocke, what she's feeling. She's really the emotional core of this book. 
all this terrible stuff's happened to her revolving around Angel, Phantom X, all these people she's lost, all the tragedies she's been through. And we really get a look at where she's at mentally and emotionally in this issue, how much everything has been taken out of her. And it's it's gut-wrenching, man. Rick Remender knows how to do it. But we also get some really funny moments with Deadpool and with Nightcrawler. We get some pretty intense stuff with Wolverine. Not sure where he's going to go. He's going to have to make some key choices. And by the end of this issue, they're headed back into a confrontation with Dawkins and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. This is just a huge story, as all of Uncanny X-Force has been, but this is a particularly poignant chapter. Now we have X-Factor number 242, written by Peter David and art by Leonard Kirk. It, this is a tale of families and their love for each other if they were werewolves. So Wolfsbane had a kid, a wolf kid, a pup, if you will, and Darwin thinks this guy is a threat. So he starts chasing him, and then his name is Tyr, and he can't understand why he's being chased by Darwin, because he's just a child pup. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but at the end... They come together, Tyr and Wolfsbane, and Wolfsbane kind of saves him. But there's a twist, and I'm not going to say anything about that, but it's like, wow, families. Even werewolves have hearts. It's true, man. It's a very valuable lesson to learn. Yeah. This would be a good issue for everyone who's been wanting to see Darwin again. He's been off the grid for a little while. It's a cool guest appearance. And also, cameo by one of my favorites, Werewolf by Night, Jack Russell. Just yeah, one of the best Marvel characters ever because his name is Jack Russell. Lots of werewolf action. Lots of werewolf. All the werewolf action you could ask for. Next we have X-Men number 34, written by Brian Wood, art by Roland Boshi. And the cool thing about this for me was like the first fourth of the book, there is no words. It's just art. And it's fantastic Roland Boshi did great stuff here. It's kind of a story on kind of a, a cult. Psylocke and some of the other X-Men go to check out this cult. And the leader has this potion that... A lot of potions this week. Yeah. He has this potion that kind of makes him mutant-ish, I guess. More than human. More than human. And the cult leader takes a fancy to Psylocke and invites her to his office. And some things happen that will progress the story more that I don't really want to say. Yeah. It's creepy so, stuff, though. Yeah. And very interesting stuff going on also between Storm and Colossus. Longtime friends and teammates who are maybe not trusting each other as much as they did in the past due to recent events. It's Cyclops' fault. It's all Cyclops' fault, huh? Yeah. And that brings us to the end of Comics on Sale. Let's go around the circle real quick. Find out what everyone's uh, Tom of the Week was. Blake? I gotta go with Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. I can't say how fantastic that was. Even though Daredevil was great, Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe by far. Kristen? The two that I thought looked really, really interesting were New Mutants and Uncanny X-Force. Cool. They're good choices. Rachel, anything stand out to you? Yeah. I'm really loving Captain Marvel. Kelly C. DeConnick is one of my favorite writers. And I've been really enjoying Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. All right. And finally, for me, got to give a shout-out to Avengers vs. X-Men, which was fantastic. A lot of good books out this week, but yeah, I'm going to go against Blake. Not in saying that Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe wasn't great, because it was, but I think Daredevil is absolutely my favorite book this week. Writing, art, perfect combo. That was my second favorite. 
I know, but you said it wasn't the best one, and I'm saying it was the best one. We want to hear from you guys. Let us know with the hashtag This Week in Marvel what your Twim of the Week was, and we'll try to share those on next episode. Meanwhile, we've also got print collections on sale courtesy of Max Beckman. This week we've got Cable Classic Volume 3 in trade paperback, Captain America by Ed Brubaker Volume 1, which is the most recent series in trade paperback, Electra Assassin in trade paperback, Essential Warlock Volume 1 in trade paperback, Hulk Season 1 hardcover, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man by Brian Michael Bendis, Volume 1, Trade Paperback. Uncanny X-Force, Volume 4, Dark Angel Saga, Book 2, Trade Paperback. That is one of the best weeks we've had in some time. Cable Classics, a 90s pleasure for me. Electra Assassin, I've never read that. I'm excited to read that. I've been asking for Essential Warlock forever. And both Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, as well as Uncanny X-Force, are some of the best books we've put out in recent history. So, not a lot of bad books there. Anything jump out to you guys? Definitely Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. I'm really interested in Hulk Season 1. I might try to get that. Ooh, that would be a good purchase for you. Blake, why don't you tell us what, in addition to all the books we just talked about, which are all on the Marvel Comics app, what else is out on the Marvel Comics app this week? We have Chaos War, Dead Avengers, number 1 through 3, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, number 11 through 16, Incredible Hulks, 623 to 629, Secret Warriors, 20 through 24, and Widowmaker 1 through 4. We've also got collections on the app. Kristen, do you want to let us know what those are? Sure. The digital collections released on the app are Avengers X-Men Blood Ties, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, War of Kings Book 1, Iron Man War Machine, Marvel Knights Spider-Man Number 1, Down Among the Dead Men, New Mutants Volume 1, Return of Legion, and New X-Men by Grant Morrison, Volume 5, Assault on Weapon Plus. When I was a kid, the Avengers and the X-Men crossover for Blood Ties, it was one of the coolest things ever, because I'd never seen the Avengers and the X-Men before, and they fought Exodus, and they went to Genosha, and they fought Fabian Cortez, and Black Knight was crazy, so yeah, I recommend that one. Of course, the Marvel Comics app is not the only way you can get comics digitally. We've also got Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited right on Marvel.com. Rachel, would you like to let us know what is new, freshly digitized from the MDCU this week? All right. For August 13, we've got Spider Island, Deadly Foes, number one. Alpha Flight, number eight. Amazing Spider-Man, 671 through 673. For August 14th, we have Amazing Spider-Man, number 674 through 678. For August 15th, we've got Amazing Spider-Man, number 679. Black Panther, The Man Without Fear, number 513. Fear Itself, Fellowship of Fear, number one. Deadpool, number 50. New Avengers, number 18. For August 16th, we've got New Avengers 19 through 21. We've also got X-Men, number 15.1 and number 19. And for August 17th, we've got New Mutants, number 33 through 37. Thank you very much, Rachel. All right, we are going to kick things over to the West Coast with the man who is too cool to be forgotten. Mark, Stromy Strom. Mark, let us know what's going on in games and movies and TV this week. Hello there. This week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com. Assistant Editor Mark Strom coming to you from a balmy, a very hot, very, very hot Los Angeles. Here with the latest in Marvel TV, Marvel, you know, news, Marvel movies, Marvel games, lots of Marvel, Marvelous media. First up, we have 
brand new episode of Ultimate Spider-Man and Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes this week, beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD. For Ultimate Spider-Man, we've got an episode entitled Out of Damage Control, which as you might suspect, involves damage control. It's a very fun episode in which Spidey and his teammates go undercover in damage control to find out what the wrecking crew is up to. And it's got a a lot of fun action bits going on. Nova gets shrunk down to pint size. You got a little pint size Nova running around, sort of like Spidey's Jimmy Cricket for the episode. It's hilarious. And then after that, we've got a new episode of The Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes entitled Ultron Unlimited, which, again, as you might suspect, involves Ultron. And he builds robotic counterparts to each of the Avengers, and they each go down one by one until Captain America is the last man standing against Ultron. So you get an awesome Ultron Captain America slugfest. It's a great episode. If you enjoyed Ultron from the first season of Earth's Mightiest Tears, then you'll certainly enjoy him here. And we also, out on DVD this week, have Astonishing X-Men Torn, which is the third chapter in Joss Whedon and John Cassidy's Astonishing X-Men saga from Marvel Knights Animation. This brings the third arc from their run on Astonishing X-Men to Amad Life. If you haven't seen any of the Marvel Knights Animation projects before. They basically take the original artwork from stories such as Astonishing X-Men, Thor and Loki Blood Brothers, what else have we done? Spider-Woman, Agent of Sword, Black Panther. I'm trying to think of what else. We, oh, Iron Man Extremis. And they take all these great stories and they animate them. They record original voiceovers and hire, you know, voice actors to really bring each of the characters to life. It's really fun. It's really great. It's a really awesome way to experience or to re-experience some of your favorite Marvel stories. And you can get that on DVD now. And we've also got a bunch of preview stuff up for it on Marvel.com. We've got our five what we think are the five funniest moments from Astonishing X-Men Torn, including Wolverine making paper angels, I guess you'd call them, you know, where you snip out and everything and then you unfold them like an accordion or whatever. Anyway, you can check all that on Marvel.com. We've also got sort of histories of Emma Frost and Kitty Pride, tons of stuff. Head on over there, head on over to the TV landing, and you can check out more. And with all that, I am going to toss you back to Ben and Blake and the entire New York crew. Wow, Stromy, I had no idea that you had that particular talent, but I gotta say, it makes a lot of sense. Feel better, Stromy. Yeah, all our best wishes to you. All right, let's dig into the news this week, starting with me, because this is usually the part where Ryan goes starting with Ben, so starting with me. We have been covering Marvel Now like crazy. We have had Q&As with just about everyone working on Marvel Now. Just to quickly recap, we've spoken to Kieran Gillen about Iron Man. We've spoken to Jason Aaron and Isad Rabik about Thor, God of Thunder. We spoke to Mark Wade and Lionel Yu about Indestructible Hulk. We spoke to Rick Remender about Captain America. We spoke to 
Jerry Duggan, Brian Posehn, and Tony Moore about Deadpool. We spoke to Cy Spurrier about X-Men Legacy and Matt Fraction and Mike Allred about Fantastic Four and FF, which they're going to be working on. So visit marvel.com slash marvelnow for all the latest news on Marvel Now. We're still rolling out art and covers as we speak, and we're going to be getting to even more books coming up from Marvel Now as we continue. We had two very special live blogs this week. First of all, we announced that Kelly Sue DeConnick and Stefano Caselli will be taking over Avengers Assemble with issue number nine in November. You can read our chat with Kelly Sue. And we also spoke with Catherine Immonen, who is the new writer of Journey into Mystery with issue number 646, also in November. And that series will now be starring the Lady Sif, who's taking over for Loki. I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be an awesome book. So check out both those chats. We had two fighting fanboys last week. Blake Garris, our own Blake Garris, spoke with UFC lightweight champion Benson Henderson, who then went on to win his fight. How convenient. So, so <laughs> nice job, Blake. James Viscardi spoke to TNA wrestler Samoa Joe, who then went on to lose his match. Yep. So I guess that tells you who you want to be interviewed by if you are a fighting fanboy. On a somber note, everyone probably knows at this point we lost a true legend in the industry this week, Joe Kubert. Uh, we remembered him online. We encourage you guys to go learn all you can about Joe Kubert's career, learn about the Kubert School. Truly one of the greatest artists of all time and also one of the greatest teachers in the history of comics. We certainly send our condolences to his family, to Adam, to Andy, to all those other guys, and he will definitely be missed. Blake, tell us quickly about the Fear Itself Minimates. There's Fear Itself Minimates. And that is the extent no. of your info? Everyone likes Fear Itself. It's a great run of all kinds of stuff. But Diamond Select has answered your wishes and made Fear Itself Minimates. There's Hawkeye, there's Iron Man, there's Spider-Man, there's all kinds of stuff. Go to Marvel.com. All the pictures are there. These are probably my favorite Minimates right yeah, now. Yeah, ever? No, right now. I mean, they make a lot of really good ones, but yeah. these are... I perked the up in my, in my chair. I set up and exclaimed, hello. Which you do from time to time. Yes. All right, let's take a walk on the wild side one more time and enter the danger zone for movie and TV news with Mark Strong. Strami. Welcome back once more. This week in Marvelites, I've got some Marvel TV, movie, and games news for you. First up, the big news is that we have announced the release date for the sequel to Marvel's The Avengers, which will be May 1st, 2015. The sequel will, of course, be written and directed by Jaws Whedon, as we previously announced last week, I believe, maybe two weeks ago. Anyway, sometime. So you have that to look forward to. And, of course, before then, we've got Iron Man 3 coming up in May 3rd, 2013. We've got Thor The Dark World in November 8th, 2013. We've got Captain America The Winter Soldier on April 4th, 2014. And we've got Guardians of the Galaxy on August 1st, 2014. So we've got five upcoming Marvel Studios films to look forward to between now and May 1st, 2015. We released a curious teaser image for something that we have coming up. I can't say too much about If you go to the games landing on Marvel.com, you'll be able to catch it. All I can say is that 
something massive is smashing its way onto mobile from Marvel Games. And we've got an image of the Hulk, very large image of the Hulk, but uh, you see the silhouettes of a couple other Avengers who you might recognize as well in the image. Not much I can tell you about all that at this point, other than it will be awesome and we will definitely be bringing you more news on what this is in the next several weeks. In other video games news, we unveiled two new pieces of concept art from the upcoming Deadpool video game, which is coming to consoles in 2013. Some awesome images of Deadpool. I, I don't know how to describe it. He's sort of in this shaft thing and this elevator thing shooting out of it. Lots of people getting shot and falling down and, uh, yeah, some awesome stuff. You can check out both pieces right now on marvel.com. We also unveiled some tribute art from Marvel vs. Capcom Origins, which is the bundle that will be released in September on Xbox Live Arcade and PlayStation Network that features the original Marvel superheroes and Marvel vs. Capcom. You get both games in this bundle. These are, of course, the original Marvel Capcom fighting games. And we'll be releasing some tribute artwork. And for the first piece, Ron Lim, who was one of the original artists on the Infinity Gauntlet, recreated the cover to the Infinity Gauntlet number one. Only this time, you've still got Thanos front and center with his Infinity Gauntlet, but he's replaced a lot of the characters with all the characters from Marvel vs. Capcom, the first Marvel vs. Capcom. So it's really awesome. We've got a couple more pieces of tribute art coming your way in the next few weeks, so keep your eyes out for that. And you can, of course, check this out on Marvel.com right now. Jumping from games over to TV... We've got another full episode of Ultimate Spider-Man streaming for you. This is episode 11, Venomous, which is the third, I believe, Venom episode of this season. In this one, Venom returns once again, and Spidey and his team have to take him down before he causes too much damage. You can stream it right now for free on Marvel.com. Head on over, check it out. It's a great episode. And that pretty much covers everything in this week, Marvel movies, TV, and games news. So with that, I'll toss you back once again to the fine, dandy folks in New York, who I love very much with all my heart. And I will speak to you once again next week. All right, Stromy, that was probably more information than we needed, but, you know, just keep doing what you do out there. We are about to dive into our questions, which to remind you once again, you can get to us on Twitter using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel or sending them to at BenJMorse, at Agent underscore M, at Blake Garris, or at Stromy, but just use the hashtag and we'll find them. Speaking of Twitter, we are joined by our still relatively new social media coordinator, but you may remember her as... One of our former interns who's been on the show before, who we used to make fun of because she screwed things up. Welcome back to This Week in Marvel, Carrie Fiala. Hello. Thanks That's for that great, great 
That was your big return. You just said Intro. hello. <laughs> I was overwhelmed by the introduction that I got. What's it like to be the social media coordinator? Look at her stealing, just taking over. <laughs> yeah, she did just steal Blake's papers. N- well, Man. I need to read them. So, what's it like? How's your job been so far? It's been great. Yeah. I love it. I enjoy getting made fun of on a regular basis instead mm-hmm. of just three days a week. It's five days a week now by you guys. Mm-hmm. I enjoy interacting with all the fans and just being here at Marvel. It's great. Well, we're going to interact with some fans right now. We're going to yes. read these questions. Feel free to chime in. And our first question is from at W underscore is for Wumbo, who wants to know, whatever happened to the Blake Brigade? Okay, so here's the thing. Speaking of fans, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, Carrie, but I have fans personally. I know. But this question, I well, I used to. Mm. And if you ever get fans, which you might probably not, that's true. But too. don't push them because they'll leave you, and that's where I'm at right now. So basically, you push the Blake Brigade away, yeah. and they're gone now. Yeah. So they were I'm your fans. Alone. They were like your fan club. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. see. And you disappointed them. No, I didn't disappoint them. I just pushed them away for loving them too much. I see. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what happened. That they're they're sense. in limbo right now. At W underscore is for Wumbo. If you have any interest in reviving the Blake Brigade, you will probably be let down. <laughs> but good luck. At Dalla underscore Dilata. Hello, everyone. At This Week in Marvel, love the podcast. Any idea when issues 6 through 11 of FF will be available on the Marvel Comics app? Not entirely sure. Aaron D. Laughter. I will try to look into that. Why don't you ask a question again next week, and we'll see if we can get a more concrete answer for you. At Cassius. 335 has an Avengers Alliance question. We have a lot of Avengers Alliance stuff this week. Given that Captain Marvel is dead, assuming that's the original, not the current female Captain Marvel, who has her own series, that'd be weird, can we get Ant-Man, Wasp, and maybe Vision first in Avengers Alliance? We've got a lot of new characters coming out for Avengers Alliance. Blake, have you been involved in those talks? Vaguely. Vaguely. I am not sure... Who all is involved? We just we just rolled out Rogue this week, mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool. And she's a generalist. New costumes as well. Yeah, new costumes. Mr. Fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. Mr. Fantastic got a Future Foundation costume. So as far as Ant Man, Wasp, and Vision, good choices, cool Avengers. But we're gonna have to wait and see what we're gonna get from there. At Jayhawker underscore thirty seven. What are some good story arcs that the Mandarin appears in? One thing I'd recommend, I know we recommended it a couple weeks ago, is Iron Man Enter the Mandarin. Uh, it came out a couple years ago with the last Iron Man movie. It was written by Joe Casey, art by Eric Canetti, and it's a really cool retelling of the origin of the Mandarin, as well as his first battle with Iron Man. Excellent art. From when I was a kid, I remember the Hands of the Mandarin crossover was super cool. Uh, it may not have aged as well, but you can be the judge. And also there's a really cool Mandarin story going on right now in Invincible Iron Man. So those are three to get you started. And if anyone else out there has suggestions, please share them with us and we will let them know. At Jedi Mouseketeer, can't wait for the Avengers movie on Blu-ray, reliving the film via the Marvel Comics app. Excellent, Alchin. We're very excited about that. At Venom3187, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe is one of my favorite what-ifs. Also, Spider-Man has been great. It got me tearing up a little. Why? Why really Spider Man? Why no. Spider Man has? Oh, was it Spider Man that's tearing? I would assume if he's Deadpool. a. I would assume if he's a well balanced individual, he's talking about the emotionally resonating Spider Man rather than the everyone dies, Deadpool <laughs> kills the Marvel universe. <laughs> I'm curious. I must know. You know. I mean, I love Deadpool kills a lot. It got me emotional, but 
I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he's tearing up about Spider-Man, in which Peter Parker is reuniting <laughs> with an aunt and friend who thought him dead, not the one where Deadpool is telling jokes and shooting people. Oh. But you well, know, could go either to way. Each their own. Yeah. I'm more of a Deadpool person, but that's cool. At Venom3187 also mentioned, it's weird hearing my name on the podcast, my real name, which is Brendan Estrada. Blake Garris is pretty funny on the podcast. Can't wait for This Week in Marvel. Don't give him more Stay tuned. ammunition. Don't Stay stop. tuned for my kids' corner <laughs> later. Not this week. Wait, I have one. Oh, you have one this I week? I have tips. Oh, you have tips? Yeah. Tips All right. for children? We'll get to that. Yeah. We'll okay. get to that. At Cheap Graphic Novels, our buddy who provides us, our buddy Max Beckman, mentions Spider-Man the Mutant Agenda, which I was talking about last week. That is the Amazing Spider-Man newspaper strip crossover with the comics is actually being released as trade paperback towards the end of the year. I was not aware of that. That's very cool. So now everyone will know that I was not crazy when I was saying this last week. It's a legit story, and it's being released. Very cool. Thank you, Max. I wonder if they're putting, like, mini I don't know. comic strips in there. I don't know how they're going to do that. I'll be very interested to see the format of that. That should be very cool. All right, I got a few from at ImmortalThor99. I'm starting to have a lot of trouble removing the cover for my digital redemption code in my comics, and I wind up ruining them. Can you let someone know they need to lay off the glue? Thanks. We will pass that along. Chris, we will see if we can help you out with that. At ImmortalThor99. Is there a way to clear out ISO 8 you've attached to someone? I'm finally going to research the big crystals. That is an Avengers Alliance question. And no, once you've attached ISO 8 to someone, it is attached forever. You can never remove it, as in life. If I attach ISO 8 to Blake, he's stuck with it. And I have. And he's not happy about it. Another one from Immortal Thor 99 Any plans for more variant cover collections like we're done for the Thor Goes Hollywood and the I Am Captain America covers? Yeah, absolutely. There's always more plans for stuff like that. You know, when anniversaries come up, when movies come up. I know George Belliard in talent. Relations does a lot of that coordinating. He set up the whole I Am Captain America thing. He contacts artists and kind of generates ideas with them. So I know he's got some cool stuff brewing. We'll be seeing more of that soon. Admiral Thor 99 also wants to know, how about some Avengers Defenders War in Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes or the upcoming Avengers Assemble cartoons? Well, can't promise it, but certainly that's a classic story. And with Avengers Assemble starting up later this year into next year, anything's possible. Sky's the limit. And finally, we've got a lengthy Immortal Thor 99 Avengers Alliance follow-up. Regarding villains, I was thinking more along the lines of Thunderbolts or Redeemed villains, like how Juggernaut joined the X-Men for a while, maybe as one story level. Cassius535 mentions Immortal Thor might be onto something. Marvel villains would be great for PvP. So, if you're listening, Avengers Alliance developers, Alex Irvine, me and Blake's buddy from out in California, could be a cool idea. And keeping on the Avengers Alliance theme, at Epoch 252, finally unlocked Emma Frost in Avengers Alliance today. Good times. Congratulations, David. I am very close. I think I may be able to pull that off in the next couple days. At HWView says, great, great news. Joss Whedon is the main puppet master for the next phase of the Marvel movies. Hashtag in Joss we trust. It's great news for everyone. Carrie, are you excited about that? I'm very excited, though he does enjoy breaking people's hearts. Yeah. So in Joss we trust... Yeah. To hurt us. Good. <laughs> like you. Like me. Yeah, so you actually probably have a kinship with him. That's true. That's yeah. true, yeah. Also from at HWView, Nick Lowe is the most dangerous editor at Marvel. Uh, this would be the time where normally I would run and go get Nick, but I'm worried about what He'll the break. two of you know about what you, Blake, and Carrie would do in the podcast if I left the room. 
feel like I need to stay here and supervise you. You don't have to worry about that. I feel that. like one of the interns would be dead. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and I can't have that liability on my shoulders. Uh, I will pass that along to Nick. I'm sure he will really appreciate it. Another Avengers Alliance from HW View. Here's a tip for you and the rest. Cap Shield Guard makes fighting Mystique a whole lot easier and go get Emma. All right, thank you, HW View, and, of course, any of you out there playing Avengers Alliance can use that. At Prophet 118 huge Angel fan. What are some good comics and stories which involve Angel? I think first you should make sure you're spelling Angel's name correctly, because in that... <laughs> it's good, Carrie. Way to alienate the fans. Uh, yes, he spelled it Angle by accident, and I chose not to call him out for that. All right, anyone with helpful hints as opposed to hurtful? I'm going to tell you to check out Angel Revelations, which is a book that came out a few years ago from Roberto Aguirre Sacasa and Adam Polina. It's beautiful, and it's probably one of my favorite Warren Worthington stories of all time. Also, the early issues of Uncanny X-Force had great, great angel stuff, particularly the Dark Angel saga. From Et Jitari, love the podcast. Is anyone from At Gene Gray School tweeting anymore, or are they busy studying, or is it because of AVX? They're still around. It's been a lot of turmoil because Avengers vs. X-Men and the school being under siege pretty much constantly. And I think midterms are coming up. So we'll make sure they get back to that soon. But I think they have not live tweeted for a little bit, but I'll ask their headmasters about that and see what's going on. At Uncanny Joe, whose armor is more powerful, Iron Man's or War Machine's? War Machine has ghosts and stealth, but Iron Man has extremists. Opinions around the room? Interns, what do you guys think? I'm just going to go with Iron Man because yeah, no, so, very scientific thinking, Kristen. So automatically cooler makes you more powerful. Right. That's why Blake is more powerful than most people, because of how cool he is. I just picture Iron Man like, I'm cooler, and then... Yeah. <laughs> Carrie, and then what do you, Carrie, what do you think? Who has a more powerful arm? Well, I was going to originally say Iron Man, but then I realized Iron Man, because of his heart condition, mm. is definitely more vulnerable. It's true. So War Machine, I definitely think, actually, is the more powerful one. He doesn't have that constant over his head. Yeah. Very interesting point. Fans, let us know what you think. Iron Man, War Machine, who's more powerful? Is coolness or a heart condition more important to you? Oh, I need to take the next question. Oh, okay. Do you want to read it as well? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this is from Uncanny Joe, who just asked the previous Iron Man question. He's asking, do you prefer Deadpool with or without his healing factor? I had to take this question because Deadpool is my favorite Marvel character, so I will just take over the podcast right now. You already have. And that's fine. <laughs> I prefer Deadpool always, and it really doesn't matter, but I think I do prefer him with the healing factor because his dynamic's different. And now that he can die, I'm always worried about him. I'm worried about him. He's definitely very lovable. He is a lovable mercenary, and mm. now he's got blonde hair and blue eyes. It's weird. I feel weird, but I love it at the same time because I love him so much. Great job, Carrie. Just <laughs> emotional stuff. Mm. Final one from at Uncanny Joe. What is your favorite Marvel TV series? Mine is 90s X-Men. I've nearly finished watching them for the second time last time when I was six. All right, we're going to go around the table with this. I'm going to start off saying, for nostalgia reasons, 90s X-Men always tops it for me. But as far as current stuff, I love Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and I'm really excited for Avengers Assemble. Carrie? I also love Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes and also Ultimate Spider-Man. Blake? Yeah, I agree with Ben. X-Men is probably the best cartoon ever. But Earth's Mightiest Heroes, 
the tie-ins and the characters that come every episode are, are just fantastic. So. Kristen, who wasn't born when X-Men 90s was on. I'm going to go with Ultimate Spider-Man. I love Ultimate Spider-Man. Very cool. Yeah. Rachel, who was still being conceived when oh. X-Men was on in the 90s. <laughs> I got to say Spectacular Spider-Man. It gives me so many feelings, and I just can't contain it. Remember when <laughs> X-Men was around. <laughs> Old man Garrus. That was a great show. <laughs> All right, from at Adam, S-O-J-H. Got back into comics after a detour into growing up. Oh, that's... Well, glad you found your way back yeah. as an adult. Twim has been a great way for me to get up to date. Cool, glad we could help you out with that. Don't grow up. Yeah, that's... Never that's grow up. a mistake. You if anything, mistake. everyone in this room has proven that you cannot grow up and still have gainful employment. Us and Robin or, Williams. Or an unpaid internship. At X-Force Josh says, My twin this week is Spider-Man 4. What an emotional issue. Also, Sarah Pacelli knocked this one out of the park as usual. So he was probably also shedding a few tears over that one. Do you have I, anything mean to, to say about him? I don't have anything. Feelings? No, I never had anything mean to say about him having feelings. I thought he was talking about crying over Deadpool. Which yeah, I thought was which we then explained to you like five times Jeez. was not the case. Well... Moving on, more from at X-Force Josh. <laughs> Alien showering, robots lifting weights, only an Incredible Hulk number 12. The art was also amazing in this issue. And finally from X-Force Josh, Ryan Stegman's art on Fantastic Four number 609 was ridiculous. I hope he is attached to do something with Marvel now very soon. Stay tuned, X-Force Josh. We love Ryan Stegman. He's a friend of the show, close personal friend of Blake's, and we are very excited to see what he's doing next. All right, we got a bunch from new listener at Lex Pendragon, so let's get right into this section. First, I signed up for Twitter only so I can talk to This Week in Marvel. Wow, that's actually really flattering. Thanks, Lex. I wish there's another way to reach Ben J. Morris, Agent M, and Blake Garris. Okay. You know what, Lex? Because you're such a great listener, I'm going to give you Blake's phone number. I was just going to say, Lex, yeah. if you... Since I was not mentioned on that list of reasons why you started to join Twitter, I'll let it slide this week. Follow me at FangirlingDaily. Oh, and I will give, if you direct message me, I'll give you all their personal contact information. Blake's phone number is 867-5309. So if you call that, you'll be able to talk to Blake ask on a regular for Jenny. basis. Yeah, ask for Jenny. That's his secretary. Just think to me and I'll hear you. <laughs> yeah, that also works sometimes. But very cool. We're glad you're listening to the show and trying to stalk us. Also from at Lex Pendragon. Hey, this week in Marvel, I want you to know how awesome my daughters are. My 14-year-old reads comics on a Kindle. My 4-year-old demanding Spider-Man panties. Okay. And my 5-week-old is nicknamed MJ. I'm going to assume that the use of the word panties there is a cute, innocent thing. And just choose to move on. <laughs> at Lex Pendragon also asks... Hey, this week in Marvel, are there any good bars in the Marvel Universe? Blake? Wherever Wolverine's at. I, yeah. Just follow him. He just drinks straight out of the bottle. Yeah. I like him. There used to be a bar for supervillains called The Bar With No Name in the 80s, and then Scourge blew it up and killed a bunch <laughs> of supervillains. So that was a great bar for a while, and then it became a really bad bar. How's their bathroom? Night. Huh? The bathroom. At The Bar With No Name? Yeah. It's called The Bathroom With No Name. It's really nice when a bar has a good bathroom. That's true. It can be crucial to your bar experience. Yeah. More on this in Blake's upcoming bar podcast. <laughs> Another from Etlax Pendragon. Hey, this week in Marvel, that funny-looking guy in X-Men who looks like Ghostbuster Slimer. Who's that? Does he fear proton packs? That's Dupe. 
from uh, Ecstatics. And if you've never read Ecstatics or X-Force before that by Peter Milligan and Mike Allred, please go and check it out and you will learn to love Duke. We've got a solo issue coming up next month. Interns, Ghostbusters were two movies <laughs> in the 80s. And a cartoon. Uh, and there was a cartoon. Uh, yes. Which I watched. The real Ghostbusters. Yeah, that was, was a cartoon. good show. All right, wrapping up from Atlex Pendragon. I'm sorry for many tweets. It's okay. We'll, we'll let it slide this time. I'm new to it, and my wife won't talk comics with me since I woke her to show her a pic of Blade. That's, that's, that's understandable. Glad you're still married. Hopefully, maybe. I don't want to be insensitive. And you have three daughters, so hopefully your marriage and family is going well. Don't wake your wife up to show her pics of Blade. At like Spendragon also said, How does the Spidey armor Kane stole or the ends of the Earth armor compare? They had stealth too. The Spidey armor Kane stole is, if I remember, it was designed specifically to deal with Hobgoblin. So it has a lot of kind of sonic and stealth type capabilities. The ends of the Earth armor was designed specifically to counter the weaknesses of the Sinister Six. So I think even though the initial Spider armor was designed with hobgoblin in mind it's a little more versatile whereas the ends of the earth armor if you're not fighting the sinister six probably won't help you as much final one from atlas pendragon referring to our this week in marvel mini from earlier this week sean astin would be uber cute as ben Grimm. blake we did a podcast with him and he was a delight he wore a tie right now we're just wearing t-shirts yeah like, as usual yeah he had a Best mm. at Laser <laughs> Monster asks, "What's the dumbest code name out there?" They get pretty lame in a few places, but I'm talking about the absolute worst. Let's go around the table in reverse. Rachel, does Pastebot P count? It absolutely does. That's why that guy has spent decades trying to get away from that name. Good call, Kristen. I don't know if this is the dumbest, but I think it's funny. Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl. It's very descriptive, though. It's it's what she is. I know. It's yeah. Funny. All right, you're wrong. Yeah, Blake. Ooh, I'm going to say, because everybody's just talking about all their favorite voiceover actors, Walrus, because... We're just naming members of the All-Winter Squad, available on Marvel.com. Where Ben and I are famous voiceover actors true, now. in our other live. Yes. So you're going to say Walrus, because you that. voice him? Carrie? I can't think. I like all of them. I know. I think all of the code names of Marvel characters are great, yeah, and I'm disgusted that you guys would say anything negative yeah. about any of them. Way to throw them under the bus. Yeah, she, I mean, this is your livelihood. Shame well, on you. Shame, shame on you. Yeah, shame on shame all of you. No, Spider-Man is not a real person, Rachel. Spoilers. Oh all right. My life is a lie. At Laser Mountain Monster, oh man, Spider-Man was awesome. I could have read about them comparing worlds for way longer, but action must happen. It's true. That is a incommunicable fact of life. At Laser Mountain Monster, just read Annihilation, my first real reading of anything Nova since I was a kid. It was rad. Any reading suggestions? And at Lux Pendragon jumps back in with, me too. I've got the follow-up, Conquest, to read now. I would say, yeah, check out Annihilation Conquest. Check out Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning's Nova and Guardians of the Galaxy series. Any other cosmic suggestions from around the room? Fantastic. Thanks, guys. <laughs> now we go over to at Ref Gemlin. The mini podcast with Ryan Stegman was great, although he didn't seem to be the way the team have made him out to be. I would assume that means he did not come off as the raging egomaniac and narcissist that we usually portray him as. No, he was. Oh, he was? Yeah. He just somehow hid it from at Ref Gemlin? Yeah, Ryan Stegman, his problem is he's too handsome and talented, and he knows it. And he needs a reality check once in a while. I think I kept telling him, like, do the thing. And then, like, he wouldn't. 
The thing? What's yeah. The thing? the thing Ben and Ryan talk about. Yeah? What do we talk about? About mm-hmm. his ego, and he, I think he just clammed up and wanted to keep it inside. That's fair. He was a professional. Yeah. Hey, Ref Gemlin, what level are you all in Avengers Alliance, and who are your go-to characters? Uh, interns, I don't think you play Avengers Alliance, do you? Nah, tragically not. Tragically not. Blake, do you know what level you're at? No, I took some time off because I was playing it too much, but... Who's like your go-to 80s. team? Yeah, who's your go-to character? Hulk and Doctor Strange is fantastic. His healing capabilities are awesome. So. I'm also a big fan of Doctor Strange. I'm really getting into using Captain America, who I just picked up, and War Machine is always kind of a classic mm-hmm. go-to. I think I'm also in the high 80s, low 90s right now. I'm not sure where. Harry, just, are you still playing? I just started. I started playing. I'm probably at like the second level. I don't even know. I need a lot of help, guys. I've never played a computer video game, just console games, so please send me help and That's advice. at Fangirling Daily. Would love your help. At Ref Gimlin, we'll all miss Tom and Nick in the ABX podcast. How about an Uncanny Avengers podcast where they have to play nice? Robert, is impossible for Tom and Nick to play nice. They detest each other with the heat of a thousand suns. So maybe we'll do a future project with them, but it will certainly not be them working in cooperation. At Rononitis, listening to the podcast on the BART Blake's all ages corner made me burst out laughing. Everyone was giving me weird looks. What? Oh, you want me to introduce you? Yeah. Don't cut that part out where I tell them to introduce me. It is time, apparently, for a special edition of Blake's all ages corner with Blake Garris. Hello, children. (laughs) Today, I want to talk about soap. (laughs) No, you don't. There's two kinds of soap. There's bar soap and there's loofahs. Don't trust anyone that uses a loofah. That was uh, Blake Garris with Blake's All Ages Corner, which I'm going to remember when he complains that this podcast was too long. At Wolf Knight 26 thanks This Week in Marvel for the Oath Doctor Strange comic recommendation. I really enjoyed it. You're welcome. At Wolf Knight 26 which Marvel character do you think TNA superstar James Storm is most like? I personally think he reminds me a lot of Wolverine. I think cowboy James Storm is obviously, you know, one of the cowboy heroes, like Two-Gun Kid maybe, or Texas Twister. Yeah, 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 yeah. Texas Twister. I'm going to say he's most like Texas Twister. Yeah. And also he wants to know which Marvel character we think Kane from WWE is most like. Big deranged monster who likes to light things on fire. Hulk? Man thing. Man. I would say man thing because everyone burns at the touch of man thing and Kane's obsessed with fire. Yeah. You're right, Ben. At Wolf Knight 26, added meeting you guys at a future San Diego Comic Con to my bucket list. I uh, that off. Yeah, you list. put it towards the bottom. Yeah. You'll there's, be there's, there's other cool stuff you should be doing <laughs> way before that. Another from at Wolf Knight 76. In celebration of Spider-Man's 50th anniversary, how will you celebrate and what is your favorite Spider-Man story or comic? Carrie? How will I be celebrating it? I actually need to dig out my grandfather back in the day had a handkerchief, a Spider-Man handkerchief. Oh, cool. Because he was such a fan, so I have to dig that out and wear it proudly. My favorite Spider-Man storyline, I like Spider-Island quite a bit, actually. That's relatively recent. Check it out if you haven't. Blake? I have to say, it's tough, because I really love Dan Slott as a person, as a writer. His recent stuff has just been fantastic, so that's all. Kristen? 
Well, I love what's going on with Spider-Man, and I think it's cool to combine the two Spider-Men that are, you know, in the Marvel Universe. Reading that is kind of, I guess, symbolic in a way, you know. But um, I think one of my other favorite Spider-Man stories is The Amazing Spider-Man Parallel Lives. Oh, yeah. And it kind of shows how Peter Parker and Mary Jane's lives are parallel, like they have parallel lives. And it was cool because it kind of picked different moments from past books and, and things like that and, and just like put them all together so you could read them. And it was, it was a cool book. Rachel? I've got three. I've been reading so much Spider-Man. Going back, Death of Gwen Stacy was really interesting. I think it did some really interesting things. There's a whole lot of the characters involved. Also love Parallel Lives. Kristen's got very good taste. And really, really love Death in the Family. I thought that was fascinating. All right. All good choices. I am celebrating Spider-Man's anniversary by dressing up as Spider-Man at home every night when my wife is working and I'm alone. <laughs> and then my favorite Spider-Man stories. I'm going to shout out some of the old school stuff. I love the new stuff as well, but Craven's Last Hunt is one of the best of all time. I think everyone except the people in this room know that. And then one I really love from way, 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 way back is Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number 1. I was not alive when it came out, but I've read it since. It is the first appearance of the Sinister Six, and it's drawn by Steve Ditko, written by Stan Lee. Ditko just kills it. Every Sinister Six member versus Spider-Man gets a big splash page that would make an amazing poster, and Spidey has to overcome impossible odds. That's one of the best stories ever. All right, over to at Simon Sebs. Blake's all-ages corner needs a theme song, something like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Ooh. Yeah, I... All right. Get working. Get on GarageBand. Figure it out. At Simon Sebs, Joss Whedon writing and directing Avengers 2. I guess Marvel decided they like making money. Hashtag millions of dollars. I think Marvel decided we like making quality films. Yeah, Carrie. Get to it. Mm -hmm. also, oh, you thought Ben was going to high-five you. No. That was awkward. Yeah. Well, I pointed at him. It's true. We pointed at each other. No. It was a point missed it. It was, it was a high point. No, awkward. It was a high point of the podcast. And our relationship. <laughs> at Simon Sebs, if you were making a band with Marvel characters who'd play what instrument, what would the name be? Just shout out suggestions. I, I can't go around the room again. Cyclops. Would play? Everything. Okay. So Cyclops one-man band is what Blake would do. <laughs> Drums and singing. I would just have Rick Jones on lead singer and guitar because he's really good. And then Hypno Hustler would be on bass. And then I... Songbird would be singing backup. And the rest of the band would just be AIM agents. I see Loki playing a keyboard for some reason. Ooh, yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. With a keyboard tie. And a guitar. Oh, yeah, a guitar. That's what I was going to suggest. Do you guys know what bands are? Do they have those when you were young? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Maybe when I was a small child. Wow. Just dubstep for life. YOLO. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> At Simon Sebs, been looking over Marvel Now news. Looks like no minority characters getting comics. What's the deal? Comics need diversity. You're correct, Simon Sebs. Of the books we've announced so far, there have not been any minority lead characters, but we also have not announced all of our comics. And we do have, you know, minorities in prominent roles. We've got Luke Cage, currently the leader of the Thunderbolts, prominent Avenger. We have got Miles Morales starring in Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. Got a lot of minority characters out there, but it's also good for you to bring attention to stuff like this. We can always use more minority characters, but really, at the end of the day, it's about good characters, not skin color, not gender. We like to represent everybody, but we're going to give the best characters their own series. That said, there's nothing that means a minority character can't be the best character, so stay tuned, see what's coming up from Marvel now. Hopefully, you will not be disappointed. At Dirty Lash... 
What advice can you give to my 10-month-old son in Blake's all-ages corner, and what comics should I read to him? He likes one where I can do voices. My lizard voice makes him laugh. Maybe Deadpool Max? Joke. That's not a joke you should read Deadpool to your son. Maybe not Max. Not Max, Carrie. But Listen, this Max. is for me. Okay. Okay. First off, a 10-month-old probably doesn't understand you. So give him <laughs> advice to understand you. And then secondly, the Spider-Man comic that's out now. What is it called? Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man. It is a great comic. And that's awesome that you have voices no, all jokes aside, that's really cool. Do that with your Ultimate Spider-Man comic. On the other side, we've got at Swagpool, who says, At Blake Garris is a bad choice for Kids Corner. He tells kids to brush with caramel sauce, use Coke as mouthwash, and eat peppers. Blake, response. Listen, I do all those things, and look how I turned out. <laughs> okay? And again, you're not trademarked, Swagpool. You didn't trademark that. That's your all-ages tip. Get trademarked. We know lawyers. At Swagpool also asked, is X-Force happening before or after AVX? Wait till the end of the current story arc, and things should hopefully be a little more clear. At TJ Ryan 42 hey, Marvel Now seems like the perfect time for a new Cloak and Dagger book. Remember when Nick Spencer did Spider Island? I do remember that, because that was a great book. Everyone here loves Cloak and Dagger. If the right Cloak and Dagger pitch comes in, I can guarantee you it's going to be greenlit faster than Blake can brush his teeth with caramel sauce, which is pretty fast. All right, our final question from at Judo Throw 5. You guys had to put a supervillain team together to take over the world. Who would you pick? They're in this room right now. These are the most despicable people I know. No, I don't know. Who would you pick, Blake? Well, I'd pick the swag pool guy because he doesn't like peppers. I thought we were picking... Characters. Yeah, no, I think you no, are. We're not, oh, no, we're not. Oh, man, you ruin all my comedy, Carrie. That's a good point. <laughs> this happens Once, every day. Does so I guess comedy. I'm in the supervillain. <laughs> you don't like peppers either. I love peppers. I would want Juggernaut as my bruiser. Mm. I would want a smart guy who I could control. So maybe somebody like, I don't know. The problem is all the smart guys want to take over the team for themselves. So that's where you got to be super careful. So I get someone who's totally just into inventions. And then, you know, you kind of fill it out from there. I think Red Skull would be crucial in any supervillain team. Yeah, because he definitely gets along well with other people. Well, so that, he'd be great in a team. Well, I want a sentinel. You just yeah. want a sentinel? Yeah, I want to be friends with him. In terms, any thoughts before we derail this train wreck? I like Mysterio. Yeah? Mysterio. Like as a friend? Well, no, for like my team. Like, oh, all right, I mean, sorry. I'd be in charge of the team, so I would have to be able to work with him. So, right. Mysterio, maybe like Magneto. Mm. Maybe I'll make an M-team, MODOK. Oh, that's pretty cool. The M-squad. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Team Maldonado. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Rachel? I want to say all of them, but I need to narrow it down. Yeah, you definitely need to narrow it down from all of them. Yep. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, I mean, as much fun as that would be. That would be no fun. <laughs> There's thousands of villains. <laughs> Throw all of them at the heroes. That's great. Let's see. That's a great uh, plan. Norman Osborn, Loki, Doctor Doom, Mandarin, Mystique, I think? That might be interesting. Yes, they would all betray you. Yes. And take over for themselves. True. Terrible, terrible plan. Rachel, thank you so much <laughs> for your internship. After that answer, I think as of tomorrow, your services are no longer needed. <laughs> uh, Good luck with your future endeavors. Thank you very much. We've come much. to the end of another episode of This Week in Marvel. Thank you, Blake, for all you do every day. Thank you, Kristen and Rachel, for joining us. Thanks, Carrie, for dropping by. Thanks, Strami, out on the West Coast, you know, representing... 
And thanks to all you guys for writing in and giving us your stuff. We will be back next week. No idea who will be hosting the show as Ryan continues his globetrotting journey. And I, I thought we were hosting the show. I thought I was allowed to come in more often. Well, no. after this week, probably not. No. But I don't know who's going to be hosting the show. I don't know if Ryan's going to be back. I don't know if you're going to be in a ditch somewhere because that's my concern every weekend. That's true. So we'll see. <laughs> but regardless, someone will be here with This Week in Marvel next week. This is Marvel, your universe. Marvel, your universe.